1: Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of Intelligent Radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope of the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. I am fortunate enough to have returning guest Dr. Katrina Pittman on with me this morning, owner of Paradigm Shift. Thank you, Queen, for being with me for this very important show. As, again, we go by the name Mental Dialogue, and ultimately uh, this is an opportunity to, in a sense, deal with some of the issues that, in a sense, happen in our head, uh, uh, if you will, for this morning's discussion question, which is quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? So thank you, Queen, for being with us. If you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there and give a little more of your uh, background, if you will.
2: Hello, Truth Seekers, and thank you so much for having me again, Montoya. So I am a private practice psychotherapist. My office is in East Point, and I provide counseling and coaching and consulting, all kind of services, but mental health and mental wellness is my passion.
1: Hey, I love it. Again, glad to have you at a time like this. I can only imagine, uh, in a sense, things may in a sense probably would assume are ramped up as we, as again, as we uh, basically called it quarantine, what don't we know or understand about anxiety and depression? And ultimately uh, that's something that's an ongoing issue anyway, uh, but I can only imagine what it's been like based on these different guidelines around the country with, you know, being, you know, being allowed to go in and out of the house. And I think people are starting to get adjusted if you will, Uh, but I'll just ask, uh, Queen, since since in a sense since this thing has happened all of a sudden and big surprise, something that we've never been through in our lifetime, are you seeing, if I will, I'll just kind of say more issues when it comes to mental wellness, if you will, even if it's not related to anxiety and depression, have you seen a, a uptick, if you will? And I'm just asking because I just would assume so, but I don't know.
2: Yes, definitely. So that's comforting to know that people are seeking help. But yes, I am seeing a definite increase. Some is directly related and some is not. It's just all the sign of the time. So yes, there is an increase. I say my workload well, like said, probably doubled.
1: Oh wow. 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 With
0: wow.
1: You know, mm hmm. No, I can wow, double. And and like you said, this has been an ongoing issue and something that um, as that we've talked about when we have you on before is always, in a sense, getting that information out to say, hey, this is something that's needed. Or specifically in the African American community, you know, it's pretty common that we understand that, in a sense, we should get more therapy, if you will. And so, typically, when we have, have had you on in the past, it was more or less, to, in a sense, get the word out and say, hey, this is something you could, you know you should consider or for people to even understand that your, your physical health is very much equal to your mental health. As you know, I'll, quite often we'll get help when we know we're physically hurting, but we won't always get help when we're, in a sense, having a mental issue or me, mental illness, if you will. And so in the past, it's usually bringing you on to say, hey, we need this. And you said yourself that I guess, it's, in a sense, even though your workload is doubled, I'm pretty sure that's harder for you, but it's a good thing that people are seeking it out and so I'm, in a sense, glad to hear that as well. But, you know, for anybody out there listening, I definitely wanted to um, bring this to and do a show at this time. So, again, I, you know, just assumed that things were an uptick. And even I can say even when this thing first started, I live alone, and I understood, in a sense, people's anxiousness when it came to this coming down and what is this, are we really going to have to shelter in place and all these different things and people taking it serious and not taking it serious. So I definitely see, in my opinion, the anxiety surrounding this whole issue. But as you said, this has been an ongoing issue anyway. So what I'll say, uh, just for everybody out there listening, I hope that this show with Dr. Pittman will be an opportunity, I'll say a, a myth buster on understanding anxiety and depression and I'm pretty sure there's other things that can come out of this as well. But on those specifically, uh, it's it's my belief and you can tell let me know Dr. Pittman if I'm correct about this, but I think anxiety and depression of, of the different in a sense mental illness, if you won't even use that word and I won't use it a lot. But of the ones that are out there, I think those happen to be two that are somewhat common and least understood. I, am I am I right in that thinking? Uh before, Um, Dr. Pittman?
2: Well, I believe you are correct in that thinking. Um, It is a very common diagnosis that's out there, Um, diagnosed and undiagnosed. And it is um, misunderstood in what it looks like, and that's a bit of the problem on why there is this increase in it, because there is this uncommon awareness about what's going on when we are anxious and when we are depressed amongst other things. But yes, there's um, definitely a a misconceived notion about what it looks like because it manifests differently. And so um, if you will, I could just take this example right here with anxiety. Well, anxiety, yes, is stress. It's, But what does stress look like? So for me, my stress could be I get cranky and I get irritable. For some, they stress may look like they want to sleep a lot and withdraw. So those are the things that make it hard to describe and get a real understanding of what anxiety looks like because stress is a symptom of being anxious.
1: No, that makes sense, and 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 not understanding it in a sense of individually, not knowing that you might need to get help because, like you said, the symptoms itself vary by person, and so you may assume to a certain extent there's something wrong with me, but not to the degree that you would want to go see a therapist. So it's often misunderstood by really even the individual that may be experiencing or at least need to go see a therapist. And when I think of misunderstanding, I think of misunderstanding mostly from the standpoint of how your family members and your friends can misunderstand it, you know, quite often to the extent that, that they make assumptions about you that sometimes make it worse, but, that lack of understanding that, hey, this is a situation that needs therapy, or the worst one is you actually go get the help and find out, hey, I'm diagnosed with some level of anxiety or some level of depression, and the misunderstandings that take place after therapy I've seen end up being worse for a lot of people. And so those are the type of things that I definitely want to dive into. We're going to go to this quick first break, and when we come out of the break, we actually got a caller that's trying to get in, so we'll get them in early as well. Um, so we'll be right back. Again, this morning's discussion question, quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? With Dr. Katrina Pittman. Again, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue, Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs all at an affordable price what's their website and phone number bigsysmediagroup.com 404-465-4348 again that's bigsysmediagroup.com call them at 404-465-4348 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I am your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, special guest on the line with me this morning, Doctor Katrina Pittman is this morning's discussion question. Quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Again, we actually have a caller that's trying to get in early, so we'll just kinda jump in before we jump deep ourselves. Uh, for anybody out there listening, I'll go get let get the number out. Six four six Seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that's six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You will need to press one to let us know you want to speak. Let's go ahead and go to our first caller, Dr. Pittman, before we dive be in ourselves. Okay. Area code eight one seven. Last three six nine one. Give us your name. Where you calling from? And give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. this is Mickey Dalton
3: out of Arlington. Check us. How you doing, my brother?
1: Hey, what's up, King? I see you trying to get in
3: early. What you got for us? Yeah, man, I was uh, looking forward to this show. So uh, thank you to you and uh, Dr. Pittman. So I got a, a couple, a two-prong question. Uh, Dr. Pittman, I've, unfortunately I've had to, uh, well, I would say fortunately I've had to, to be able to uh, be around some people and being involved in people that have gotten um, gotten treated uh, for, for mental illnesses, uh, uh, a myriad, actually, of, 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 of diagnoses. So my question to you is, do you have any practical tips for anyone trying to encourage a loved one or a friend to go seek some help? And then the second part of that question is, are there any practical tips for, or, or yeah, practical tips to for supporting someone in the most optimum fashion as they're going uh, through uh, the treatment or they're, they're transitioning to understanding and accepting what's going on with them?
2: Okay, just to be clear, you want to make sure that I give you some tips on encouraging a person to seek help and identify the things that's going on, and then for the loved ones, how they support the person with the diagnosis or the issues or concerns? Correct. Okay. So, yeah, definitely you'll have to – do a teachable moment, and what a, what I mean by a teachable moment is point out something, a behavior that you see. It could be a phrase, something they say, or their body language, but when you feel that, okay, that's depression or that's anxiety or that's anger or whatever it is. Point it out by using that example, and if you already do this in an unhelpful way, you have to say, "Okay, I need to have a conversation with you, but not in the moment after whatever happens happened when When you recover, that's the first thing you speak about, and you say, "Hey, I want to talk about what happened. I think." that this thing is going on. Let me show you by example. You did this, and what I have noticed is when we get here and I see this in you, these things are going along with that package. So first it calls you a time to sit back and really think about what is it that you're wanting to tell them that they need help about. Maybe the the oversleeping, the disconnecting, you know. So if it's oversleeping and disconnecting with the rest of the people in the household, you say to them, um, you know, hey, I want to check in with you because it's just appearing that you want to be left alone and disconnected. Teachable moment. Call it out. I see this. Is this true? What do you mean I'm disconnected? I just want to be by myself. Okay. Well, I just noticed that when you have these things going on, you separate from us or me. And, you know, that makes me think that this is going on. Can you tell me is that going on? You seem depressed. Well, I ain't depressed. Well, you seem sad. Well, I ain't sad. Sometimes when we put a label on something, it really um, blocks a person into a category. So the best phrase I ever heard was some type of way. So you insert the, well, sometimes you kind of seem, you know, like you feel some type of way about this situation, and that gives them the opportunity to find their emotions and their work mm. that they can stamp in that and you meet them where they are at that point if that helps absolutely yeah and then to support that um it looks like that same way so if the person had um actually been acknowledging where they are in their issues and they're needing they're wanting to support the person with the anxiety or depression or the symptoms of anxiety and depression. What do we do? Well, we come in to support by saying, Hey, you know, have you taken your meds? Hey, have you doing, are you doing your journaling? Cause I know that's one of the steps that really help you to clear your mind and get some things off your back. Hey, you want to go for a walk? Because, you know, when you exercise, you boost your metabolism, you get your adrenaline flowing, you put some dopamine, happy hormone back into your body, you change your biochemistry. You want to do that? That's how we support them. And then if it is anxiety and depression, we don't just say those things I just listed, because that's definitely the stuff we need to support them on. The other one that's an important one for me is helping that person by saying, come on, let's talk about what you're stressed out about. Because we'll say, hey, go talk to them, go do that, take your meds, but you want to talk to me because most of it, when you think about some of the root things in anxiety and depression, there is a component of um, loneliness. Or, whatever category of a vocabulary word that you want to use in that. So, when someone attends to them and meet them at their need instead of push them away because, oh, you always sad or oh, you just stress out too mm-hmm. much. That's when you meet them, then they're like, okay, thank you. And then they unload and then you push through the process better. You may not always be able to avoid the experience of the anxiousness or the sadness, but the cycle can go through faster. You can push the process to go through faster. And then by that, having less times because they are learning how to identify their own symptoms. And again, I'm going to tell you that goes back to what you were saying about it. What does, what does it look like? Cause right now in quarantine, I'm feeling all of these some types of ways, and do I need to? Maybe I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck, I'm paralyzed, and can't get projects done. I can't use time as a factor too much. And then in some cases, oh, my goodness, my, my things that I have to do in the same hours of the day has multiplied. How in the world am I going to work and take care of the kids with their online learning and all of that? And that creates that level of stress and anxiousness because I still got to work and do my job and my boss or just my stuff got to get done. All of that becomes what it looks like in the household is, or even on the phone if you know the people and you're just tapping in to connect is they're snappy, they're irritable they may be disconnected, like I said earlier. They may be fixed on their conversation. And if they're doing some of that, that that also talks about what they're anxious about and what mm, they're depressed mm-hmm. about.
1: Right. I'm sorry. My
2: <laughs> just no,
3: no, no. This
1: is just all yeah, very information, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pittman. No, it's all very. And the thing you just said, I want to. I want people to understand that last one you just said, because I think this is an easy miss again. And, and me also having family members who deal with this issue and having to learn this. But the thing you just said, I want people to understand that last one very clearly. And it's kind of the redundant conversation is a is a sign as well, like a redundant. And you might be thinking to yourself, I'm, Why do they keep talking about it? Because sometimes you will talk. You will talk through them with it. And then it's still a conversation later, and maybe a conversation later, and you're not recognizing that this may be, uh, one, a symptom of, or like Nick asked for somebody who's already dealing with it, just even being more understanding that they do need to talk about it that much. Sometimes it's something that I had to learn from my own family members. Uh, Nikki as well, if you don't mind, can you, I, I'm until I get other callers, because it sounds like this is a very important issue with you, if you're able to stay on, I'll let you stay on and kind of walk through this because it sounds like, you know, obviously when you jump on this early, this was important to you. So I'll keep you on as long as you're able to stay on and, you know, until we get another caller, if you will, just to get, let you know that. So any response or anything else you want to ask Dr. Pittman, go ahead, King. Uh, thank you for calling in. Oh,
3: no, my pleasure. No, I think she, she covered a a, a a nice uh Cross section of things that I think were pertinent, and and more of it was to kind of re- reinforce some of the things that I've learned and just kind of intuitively stumbled upon, uh, but hoping to get maybe an additional pearl uh, out of, and then some of the phraseology that she used I think was really was really helpful. But it's um, I, I would just say this, just as someone who was completely ignorant about um, a mental illness in, in any form, quite honestly, outside of you know, uh, the stereotypes that that was associated with right. it. it was just a huge paradigm shift for me to, and humbling to, to have it hit so close to home and say, wow, mm-hmm. this is real. And how, how insensitive and how rude of me to, to be so short sighted and thinking that, you know, uh, that crazy people are crazy. And it's just this this certain type of person. And it's not even about that. It is about chemical imbalance it is about uh, uh life experiences a lot of a lot of things can can come from a person's childhood just basic psychology and Freudian type things so I've learned a lot and uh, but again I was hoping to kind of jump started it with some of those questions that had I known some of the things that she said earlier on maybe I could have been more effective as a support system um and and just being more knowledgeable in general so uh, hopefully if I think one of my biggest concerns out of this, and hopefully clear, we clear it up, is that people walk away from here saying, wait, maybe I need to educate myself more. Maybe I've been short-sighted. Maybe I don't know as much as I thought I knew about this because there is a lot. And it can present at um, in, 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 in any age and in all types of people is what I've learned. So no one's really immune from it. And last thing right, you just it, said uh, is absolutely walk- critical. Is what –
1: I'm sorry, go ahead, Dr. Pittman. No, please, go ahead, Queen.
2: Yeah, I definitely wanted to meet him with uh, resolve, so if I didn't quite hit on it, I'm I'm definitely ready to explain something or say something else. Is there something you can say specifically that if I'm not giving – if you're not hearing what you're wanting, can you rephrase it for me?
1: Oh, no, no, you don't. Let me, don't to this, let me this to say this real quick. I got to make it. Hold on one second. Um, I think yeah. you may have okay. misheard. He actually appreciated most of what you had to say, and it, it was very critical. So he was just saying, picking up that pearl, like even that phrase he said. Um, uh, say, say it again, if you will. I think, yeah, I, mean, I, I you know, I'll go ahead, Mickey, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, I think she just may have misunderstood that you absolutely appreciated everything she said, and I was saying, I want to be. actually say the last thing that, that you just said is while we're doing the show, that, that people do walk away with more, a, a, you know, more information to maybe expire to learn as well, but I'm sorry, go ahead, um, Mickey, yeah, jump back in, I'm sorry about that.
3: Well no, no, I mean, no, I just wanna clarify no she she crushed it She she crushed it, I think she you okay. know, um, yeah you you cut, you touched on so many things I think could easily fill a two hour show if we delved into each one of them um but no my my heart is just full of, of gratitude, and when I saw the topic come across the feed, I'm like, you know, and I have some things going on this morning, but I kind of moved some things around and so i'm I'm listening, and i wanna I wanna see what else I can learn from this and if I could contribute to someone. Uh, to someone else getting better or being more proactive or being a better support system, I've lived through that over the last couple of years myself and um, and it just it's just been eye opening um and I think we as a i think as a human race we're we there's not enough known about it, but certainly in the black community I, agree. I think we're, there's a there's a lot more resistance um and and just and I will use the word as, as nice as I can just it's, it's just we just don't know and um mm-hmm. some many people. Had that that uncle or that 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 family member mm-hmm. lived in the attic, that kind of old thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, oh, they'll be all right. And and there's probably a lot of missed opportunities when it comes to situations like that. So I am I am truly a true seeker, and I I like to know the facts, and uh, I'm willing to challenge my paradigm on really anything. So uh, uh-huh. for me, this is just really really healthy to be a part of this.
1: Hey, perfect oh, anyway, segue. Awesome. She, she's the owner of Paradigm Shift, so that's absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, and I'll, let, I'll, I'll come off the one if you will, make That way, if you want to get back in later, you can definitely get back in. You know how we do. So appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, everything you're saying is, again, the reason why we're doing this show. Uh, absolutely not surprised to have you as a truth seeker, again, seeking to challenge your paradigm, even though it's something that you're concerned about. And you, you really hit the, the nail on the head. When it comes to, as you said Generally speaking Our society doesn't do well with this issue And we're trying to always improve And things of that nature Uh, But like you said, within our community The stigmas associated with it The reality is There's hardly any of our families That have not been touched by this issue And so it becomes even sadder In my opinion that that we don't address it enough. So again, that's why we're doing this show. And um, again, you definitely feel free to get back in uh, anytime later on the well, show. Let me so say. This, let me say this one last thing. Oh yeah, go ahead. Let me please. say this one last yeah, thing, Fargo.
3: I I have I am of the mindset now, and this is kind of a challenge to whomever's listening, because we talked about hey helping someone else identify uh, or supporting them or hey, maybe I have it. It's the it's the the reality that. If we're honest with ourselves, every one of us could benefit from some form of counseling at the very least. There are things that we yeah. need to purge mentally and emotionally. And i um from a person who grew up thinking, oh, we, you know, black people don't get counseling. You know, we go to barbershops, like <laughs> Kevin Hart said. No, if, <laughs> Absolutely. If, if you, <laughs> but if the reality of and having sat in counseling sessions with other people, I'm like, wait a minute. If we all sat here and went through this process and was really transparent and honest with ourselves, we could all benefit. So, could that mean that we all suffer from some form of depression, anxiety, or m- only mental illness continuum? So, that's kind of a, a, a rhetorical question for people to ponder upon. But I am of the mindset, as of what I've learned, that we could all benefit from some, from some form of counseling and interacting with a professional. So, that's my that's my so hey, I'll, I'll get Hey,
1: now, nah, thank you so much. That was actually excellent, and um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's funny. I'll say this before I let you go, just because it is hitting home what you just said. Literally, uh, Latrice, uh, Latrice Ross, who may get a chance to come on later. She's usually typically my co-host. She's just so happy. I, it, this is. I'm just telling you this because it just hit what you just said. Just hit home. She literally was on on Facebook, and she just kind of asked a general question, which she always kind of kicks off conversations like this on her on her page. And she just asked a general question, in a sense of. Uh, what is our community suffering from? And I may be paraphrasing her question wrong, but I literally went on the page and said pretty much what you just said, that there are levels of trauma that's absolutely associated with our community that we, in my opinion, have never looked back on enough to understand the whys and ultimately the improvement that we seek in our community is in my opinion is not going to go, but so far until we deal with those psychological wives. And so I wholeheartedly support that suggestion, Mickey, that we all consider uh, that the need for counseling in in our own lives. And, and and sadly enough, to a certain extent as a culture, some of the things that we would find we would find out has been passed down for a long time. So thank you for that call. Can we thank all you. get the break? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you both. Absolutely. Great job. An Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialog Talk Show. where All I ask is that you think. That ain't saying nothing against hip-hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip-hop don't do, see? Hip-hop don't sing about love no more. And sadly enough, neither does today's R&B music. It's all sex, and that's where Square Business Entertainment comes in to bring you R&B music with a touch of love every 30 days. They drop a new song. Check out their latest hit by Taylor Pace, Can't Think About Love.
0: When an old couple prays, the sky's full of sun I'm taking helicopters. Ride to we'll ride over the Frisco Bay and roller coaster ride keeps winning first ride When people are truly happy with themselves inside, like mountains capped with snow, a great ending to show. So many things I love and all I know, I can think about the. When I'm up you, and I'm up you. Everything I find you for, just compared to you. I love it so real, I love real, it so real, real.
1: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Tees. Again, that's Square Business Entertainment bringing you the hit by Taylor Pace. Can't Think About Love. Find them on all streaming forms of music, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Pandora, and Google Play. So glad to have Square Business Entertainment support for this show. Quarantine, What Don't We Understand About Anxiety and Depression? Special guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman. So what I want to do for anybody out there listening, if you want to get in on the show, you do have to press 1. If you're online and want to get in, the number is 646-787-1691. Again, you will need to press 1 to let us know you want to get back in. So the one place I want to start was just kind of pulling this thing back with what I would say is maybe some myths and just kind of get your thoughts on, at least this is something I found, that there are, in a sense, specific myths that are quite often associated with um, anxiety and depression, if you will, uh, Dr. Pittman. So, for example, uh, let's see here. Let me find this thing again. So, for example, that depression is not a real illness. Like that's sometimes the approach that, in a sense, society thinks it's not a, it's not a real illness. Uh, any thoughts on depression being an illness, and maybe explaining it in a way that so that people understand that it, that that it is an illness versus someone in a sense just emotionally being sad, if you will. If you could make that distinction, I think it could help people out.
2: Okay, so yes, um, I think we all experience the symptoms of depression when we want to categorize it and classify it as an illness it's to the degree and the intensity the duration that routine of a schedule and if it dominates the quality of life um if it becomes if it becomes a thing that the lifestyle shifts around then that's when it becomes a level, what we would call a diagnosis, at that point. Um, so, it's the it's the extent too. We all will have phases of sadness and feel depressed. It's nothing wrong. You can feel depressed without having the diagnosis of depression. People mm-hmm. are so reluctant to acknowledge their emotion because depression means I'm, I got depression and I'm going to be forever diagnosed with depression. It's not a diagnosis that you have to carry the rest of your life if you manage it well to adapt to where it no longer dominates your lifestyle. So you can have it by history, and you will monitor yourself to make sure you don't go to the degree of walking in that diagnosis again where it's dominating your lifestyle instead of you controlling and managing it. But there may be this myth about it's not real because sometimes we want things to just not be, just accept that I have depression or anxiety. Maybe a hard pill for me to swallow based on our cultural experiences. and nothing wrong with me. I'm just, and sometimes that's um, a, a blindness or ignorance, if you will, because it's, it's not a denial to the total degree, because sometimes they don't don't know what the symptoms of it looks like themselves. Then that goes back to what you were saying.
1: Uh, per, yeah, matter of fact, how about again? We t- in a sense you said you've seen your work double during this social distancing aspect that we're going through right now. So how how does someone even recognize that? You know, maybe I maybe I should go see a doctor. Pitman, in the sense of, you know, maybe again, people are experiencing a lot more issues or anxiousness with this quarantining, if you will, right? And so, since people are experiencing, again, how does someone on their own decide? Hey, this is this maybe may be in a situation where I need to help. Like, how how do I for like myself, for example, how do I identify that I might need to see a counselor in reference to is my sadness? Becoming more than just I'm sad for a phase, if you will.
2: Right. So, how do I recognize it in myself? I recognize it by um, I recognize it by how how often am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling this way? And that way, I mean, we. When, okay, so if. It's almost like how does somebody know that they're sad and they're depressed? Because, one, and I'm not trying to be smart about it, but you feel it. You emotionally, biochemically feel it. The weight, your thoughts, whatever they're focused on, they're probably mirroring that emotion. So if I'm thinking sad stuff, I'm going to emotionally feel sad. If I stay continuously thinking that sad stuff, my body chemistry is also changing because that emotion makes me feel sad. That's what sad feels like. I can be that way for so long. It's my normal. And so it could be situational. Then it becomes biochemically something that I'm having to deal with as well. Um and I'm sorry I think I digressed from your question to answer that. No, no, that's exactly where I know what you're saying is absolutely what I'm asking
1: <laughs> and you're 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 hitting cuz I'm I'm listening kind of like what Mickey said in, in the, the last caller was saying I, I'm learning along the way because and I definitely want the person who's experiencing it to hear exactly what you're saying because maybe I learned that I do need to at least, at least come see you if that makes sense cuz Cause, cuz cause like you like in the idea of you saying that that I that this is my normal. Some I'm pretty sure there are plenty of people who, since it's become their normal, then they've decided not to get help because that's just normal for them. Like, and they don't understand that they might need to see someone like you to deal with it in a better way. So now you're absolutely answering pretty much, you know, what I'm asking again for people to assume that it's not a real illness. It goes to, to both ways. In a sense, people are looking yeah. at others who who feel that way, but even us as individuals. And let me say this real quick, too, as well. Even in the experience, and here's a a kind of a segue to where I was going to go next, and I think this is perfect where we're at, is the idea of, okay, even if you're aware that maybe I'm experiencing something and the idea that maybe I should get counseling and things of that nature, there's also the stigma and fear of, for example, antidepressants. Uh, there's a you know there's a stigma associated yeah. with that so some people won't get help in the sense of I don't want to be diagnosed and be on a pill so any thoughts around that because I know that plays a role even when somebody feels like I I I could get help maybe I should get help but that stigma will keep them from getting help I've, I've definitely seen that happen before uh, if uh, Dr Pittman could speak to that.
2: Yeah, so the stand on to take med- medication or not.
0: <clears throat>
2: so just speaking on the biochemistry, that kind of is a major determining factor. If you're if every thought we have is connected to an emotion which releases a biochemical in our system that is either a positive thing for us or a negative thing for us then we will have that quantity of that in our system. If it shifts our biochemistry to this degree, maybe I may need a larger boost of a medication to recalibrate my biochemistry to put me at an even playing field. And so then I can learn strategies and interventions and even transfer some of the things into supplements and other type lifestyle changes that would create me the opportunity to be medication-free. But it depends on how long have you been dealing with this. If you have anxiety or depression to the degree of um, panic attacks or a, a, a heavy immobility and your thoughts, those redundant thoughts we were talking about earlier, you can't manage, maybe you need a helper. And that helper may come in the form of maybe a supplement again, but to the degree of if those things are helping you, it may be that you really need a medication with a higher dosage concentration of that chemical boost to up the level feel. And there are a lot of things that I share with my clients that come in. They don't always want to do medications because of the reality of the side effects. And so... They're at a loss to say, well, I'll just deal with it because I don't want to take your medicine. Well, change your diet. Well, increase your Mm -hmm. exercise. Five minutes, if you're feeling sad, this is my tip, real quick tip. If you're feeling sad or depressed or heavy or whatever in that space or anxious and you really want to try and shake yourself out of it quickly, do five minutes of intense aerobic exercise. Get your heart beat up really, really fast. Jogging, plays, running, plays, jumping jacks. Just do that brisk walk in five minutes. Five minutes. You can do five minutes. Then you'll feel better in, in the matter of 10, 10 to 15. Or depending on if you need to do round two, do another five minutes. Why? Because that increases our adrenaline and it creates dopamine in our system. It's like an antidepressant. So if you don't mm. want to take the pill, then do it the other way. But that may mean change your body chemistry. When I had you running in them five minutes, you were releasing hormones and toxins, adrenaline, norepinephrine. You're, you're boosting your dopamine, your serotonin, getting you back up into a regulated biochemical balance. And your mood don't mm. change. Now, so that's so then critical.
0: if I you don't want to do medication, no, please, sorry, then change your
2: thoughts. Yeah, okay. If you don't want to do medication, another one is change your thoughts. And um, if you want to pivot back there to that thinking, that redundant conversation, it's trap. And so you just keep feeling the same sad feelings because you're thinking sad thoughts. So then that's why I say people say, speak gratitude or give thankfulness or go help somebody mm-hmm. because those things make you feel good. It'll change our biochemistry. So there are a lot of ways that we can do it, but um, I, I I have my own stance on medication, but I do understand to the degree, you know, for the well-being of the person, you don't have to stay on the medication. for For all things, it may not be something that you have to stay on medication for. But there are things that we may have to stay on medication for for the rest of our life. And it may not even be a psychotropic drug. It may be something to help with your heartbeat regularity. And so the, sti- the stigma is about the shame or, like, something is wrong with me. I'm broken if I'm having to manage balancing my life with taking medicine. And that's also a thing that keeps us in the perpetual cycle.
1: No, that's all strong, great stuff, Dr. Pittman. We're actually up against another break. If you're out there, I see a lot of callers out there. (laughs) If you want to get in or have a question for Dr. Pittman, you do have to press 1 if you're on the phone lines. You have to press 1 to get in on this morning's discussion. If you're online and want to get in, the number is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Mm -hmm.
4: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
1: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
4: I like those. What's their IG?
1: At moneymotivation.co.
4: But do they have any ladies gear?
1: Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go everywhere I be. I don't even talk, talk. They no me Cause I look like money Smell like money Talk like money. Welcome back to The Mental Dialogue Talk Show Again, I'm your host Montoya Smith AKA Black Socrates Shout out to MoneyMotivation.com Definitely go check out Their site Check out we are bringing a new podcast to the platform. We just had one last week, episode three of Money Motivation Podcast. For you high achievers out there that are looking to be in business and the finance game, highly recommend that you find the Money Motivation Podcast, also offered on the Mental Dialogue platform. If you like what we're doing on radio as an individual, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a supporter of our show. That's how we keep Intelligent Radio on the air, or if you have a product or service you would like to get out to, the smartest audience in all of radio, absolutely contact me directly, 404-604-9477. This morning's discussion question, quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Our special guest is Dr. Katrina Pittman. Excellent, excellent info, uh, Dr. Pittman. Definitely appreciated. The thing that I loved the best about what you were saying prior to the break was I think it's beautiful for the listening audience as we kind of mentioned the ideas of stigmas that we all are very aware of exist in our community specifically. I think it was beautiful for the listening audience to hear that you as a psychotherapist with, I think, 17, 18 years of experience or maybe more but somebody like yourself, I think it was beautiful for them to hear how your your willingness to accommodate. Say, I come in to get help, and say, well, I don't want to be on a pill, and you give me these alternatives. Because again, a lot of assumptions, and there may be doctors who are this way. I don't, I can't speak to it. Or I should, or psychotherapists who are this way. But there's that concern of I don't want to be on that pill. So I thought it was beautiful that you laid out. Okay, because. So quite often, sometimes something that we do forget when we are taking care of our health whether it be physical or mental at the end of the day we control, We are in control and there's an aspect that sometimes I think we forget in our community that when we go in those doctor's offices again, whether that be physical health or mental health, a lot of times we concede to you know, the doctor's suggestions and they, they could be good suggestions but that concession may not be best for us and and sometimes we don't have that dialogue with the doctor just because they're the expert and we just kind of take it as gospel and 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 sometimes run with it. Whereas you speaking up and you can speak to this if you will, uh, Dr. Pittman is, you know, how how much do you appreciate that type of dialogue in addition to, for example, giving someone you know they're at the point where they are a di- you you are having to diagnose some level of anxiety or depression. Uh, uh, but them speaking up about their desires, how much do you appreciate that? Because, again, I think a lot of sometimes once we even take that step, we we sometimes people I think even reject the suggestion because they didn't speak up, and it could have been a dialogue between you and the actual therapist. Any thoughts on that, if you will, Dr. Kitten?
2: Yeah, sure. So my job is to serve, and so I really value the, I'm working for the client. That's my client. I'm working for you. How may I serve you is my phrase because, first of all, there are not many people who ask you to use them up. But if I'm access to a different way of thinking, then, okay, let's talk. Let's have some real mental dialogue here. Let's really get to the knit and grit of what's going on. And then there's more than one way to get to your goal. So if the end game goal is peace and harmony, the feelings of abundance and family, balance in your life, then if you need to take a medication to do that or not, by all means, uh, anything necessary, get to where you are enjoying life, a well-balanced life. And that's what we all want. We want a life that we can see sustainable and continual growth in. And that requires us to be mentally well. It's mental wellness. And I know the stigma and that pain connected to it. But there are also people who they don't have an issue with taking the medication. They see the benefits. They see the quality of life that it brings. They see the fulfillment and the enjoyment of it. We all got something wrong with us, diagnosed or undiagnosed. And like earlier, if I don't know what to call this anxiety or depression and every time someone see me, I'm irritated and snappy, then that becomes, oh, that's just Kiki. You know, she always liked that which is our uncle Ray Ray from that generation mm-hmm. before and if i knew about it maybe i could do some things differently but you, you know i think that these the the stigma that comes with the label um from the realities of our community maybe even back to the Tuskegee experiences and all of those things it violated our trust and so when it comes to somebody outside staring at us saying something is wrong with us we have to stand you know like we're defending ourselves so would so it's a defense mechanism that we're putting up and then the fact that some of what they're saying is true make us be upset with ourselves and feel guilt and shame like dang I am that way oh how, how do I manage this
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: and um, that trap right there blocks us from seeking help. Um, but I encourage everybody out there, talk to someone. If you don't get help with me, get help with anybody. And if that anybody you're going to, and I do say there's a difference between your family and your friend, your thing could be exhausting and heavy. And if it feels that much to you, it may be a lot for your other um, friends and care groups to manage on their own too. So maybe divide it and share that opportunity with someone totally isolated for that so that you can keep the quality and balance in your relationships. Because when we are in it and we become irritable, those loved ones around us, they see it, then they get stressed. They want to love on us so much. They want to help us, but we don't hear. We don't see what they see, and we're so in mm-hmm. it that we're we're not penetrable by them. But we are the person that they want to come and talk to, and mm-hmm. when we want to be there for them. But it feels like oh, they just need somebody somebody better than me that could tell them something different or maybe if I didn't fit all of these roles in their life and somebody that don't know all of their stuff or some of their stuff, um, maybe they can, maybe they'll hear it if they say it because maybe they, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a little bit of bias. And so um, that desire to go beyond your family, that's important. Your friend, your support group, that's important. You can um, – and, you know, some people don't say anything about it. They keep it private. And some people experience it after they've kept it private. They're like, oh, let me tell the world, this will help. This will benefit you. And I think a lot of us um, need to have that level of um, having that as a benefit. We need to know that it's a good thing to talk about your stuff. It's a good thing to unload and to – Let go of all those unresolved
1: issues.
2: Can I pivot for a second? I wanted to go back to. I wanted to ask you if I could pivot. I wanted to go back to. Oh yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I got a couple uh, questions off of what you were just talking about, but yeah, absolutely. Go ahead and. Go ahead okay. and do that, and I'll come back to those No, questions. I'm
2: I'm ready. I can remember that one. You go ahead.
1: Let's stay with your flow. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah, because you were talking about even that stigma. I'm going to tell you how far I've seen it, even within my own family, these different stigmas and how much they can move someone in the middle of getting therapy, if you will. Uh, I had a situation where we're talking about the, um, the medicine again, for example, where the concept was this particular medicine, probably had some maybe some addictive uh, side effects, if you will. And so the concern became that I'm getting addicted to this medicine and so the person privately stopped taking the medicine out of concern and basically basically way the way, that, the way that in a sense their, their mind worked at the time, it, it almost became a paranoia about the pills themselves to the extent that stopped taking them to the extent of having, in a sense, a mental health episode, if you will. And so the recovery thereafter was really just really convincing that person it's okay to be on those pills, and as a a family, we want you to be. We want you to be on those pills because we, we get to have an amazing time with you as long as you're steady by the pills. But it was a fair concern due to that particular, I think it was like a change in dosage or or change to a particular one. And so it was a fair concern for the individual based on the particular change that that particular one carried, maybe, you know, again, more addictive. And, and so because that person became, you know, worried about it, they acted out on the stigma and it ended up, you know, bleeding to what I just talked about. So that's another level of it. Uh, as well, if you could just, you know, maybe speak on that, because I remember that was tough within our own family to go through that.
2: Yeah, so medication management is important. And so it's, again, the stigma. So you're not listening to me telling you that this medicine is addictive to me because you like the results. Well, I like the results too, but, okay, this one has a little bit much. And so I my my value is diminished. And so, you know, know, that could could possibly be the the feeling that you're not hearing. And so, okay, let me show you, because I ain't going to take this. You're not listening to me. You know, I'm trying to be compliant. I've been compliant. I've been taking the meds. And, you know, maybe the meds weren't right, and that's why I had to have this increase, but this increase isn't right also. So that's having healthy Mm. dialogue to go back and, and being empowered to go back to the psychiatrist or the psychologist or your primary care doctor who prescribes you the medication and say, Hey, these are the symptoms. I'm feeling this is, you know, this is messing with me a little bit more. That's the, that's the responsibility and accountability of the person taking the med. That's the support mm-hmm. where the family and loved ones can come in. And that's, you know, the doctor's responsibility too, to also have these meetings once a month.
0: Mm-hmm. To see
2: how you how your how your meds are doing, how you're regulating on them. That's who you say that's when you say, I'm feeling a little bit more irritable or anxious or suicidal or you know, lackadaisical. And yeah, nah, and so Keith, um, and, and that, that yeah. makes a
1: lot of sense. i r I've been a part of those very meetings that you're talking about. So nah, thank you for that. We are at the top of the hour, Doctor Pittman, so yeah. we're gonna go to a break oh, and, and man. we can get into your pivot. We can get it to your pivot. We can get it to your – I know it goes by fast. Well, let me ask
2: you this. second we'll your... half of your question. Yeah, I just want to ask you.
1: Are you Are you staying with me? Are you staying with me? You staying with me the next hour as well, or do you need to go? Let me respect your time as well. No,
2: I'm definitely staying. We are in it to okay, end cool. end. Yeah, and no, it's Okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna I'm go staying. to a quick
1: break, and then we'll I'm come, back, we'll the come back. into it. We're just at the top of the hour, so we'll we'll we go. we're gonna continue the conversation. We're good. All right, you're yeah, listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back. But all I ask is... when an old couple praise
0: yeah, the sky's full of sun rays, and taking helicopter rides over the frisco bay, and roller coast rides. She's spinning first ride when people are <clears> really <throat> happy with themselves inside, like mountains caps with snow. about love, but I'm thinking of you, thinking of you everything I find you for, just compared to you, our love is so real, our love is so, so true.
1: Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Again, Taylor Pace can't think about love, find it on Spotify. Title: Apple Music, Pandora, Google Play, all forms of streaming music. This morning's discussion question: Quarantine. What don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Our special guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman. And yes, the other quick part, and then we'll definitely do your pivot. Dr. Pittman was. Uh, it was just something you were saying that reminded me and reminded me of a couple of things, something that our caller, Nikki, had said in the first hour. And Anybody out there on the phone, line? if you want to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak this morning. Definitely a lot of callers out there, if you're just enjoying listening, no problem. If you're wanting to talk, you do have to press 1 on your dial to get in this morning. Um, but anyway, something you had said um, when you were talking about that aspect, and I think this is very critical, especially at a time like this, the the concept of of, of assisting someone who may be going through these things and and, and trying to deal with it because it can be um, heavy, in a sense, on a family or, as you say, as a loved one, you're wanting to help, not knowing how to help, or sometimes even in being empathetic, even in trying to help. Sometimes it can be a heavy burden if you're, in a sense, are that person that that person, quote, unquote, relies on and trusts but getting that if it can weigh on you very heavy as the person that's trying to help and so I remember when I was young I had a getting stigma I had about it I used to always say to people they to in a sense in a silly way say this, but I think this aspect of maybe even finding someone else to go to you uh, know it, it applies I used to I used to silly had a silly thought where I should say, people don't need to go to therapy because, again, running with the stigma, people don't, go, don't need to go to therapy. They just need to call somebody they don't know and talk to them on the phone and they'll be just fine. Like, I used to say that as a young kid, buying into the stigma of therapy, you know, not uh, having a best friend who who eventually started getting it and not being sensitive to it and, and, and struggling to find out more about what she had actually been through, and that's think what started my journey, similar to our first caller, it started my journey of being more empathetic to it. But initially I had that stigma. Just talk to somebody that you don't know. So it just made me think of that when you were saying that maybe sometimes you need to move it even away from those who who are dealing with it the most because it can become a burden on them. So that was just a thought that I had. If you want to pivot, please do. um, Oh, I'm sorry. It bring you back live. Sorry about that, Doctor Pittman. Hold on one second. Yes, I also oh, we got you live. Sorry about that. We can hear you now. Go ahead, Doctor Pittman. Sorry about that.
2: Great, no worries. So I wanted to before we pivot, go back to um the possibility of why somebody who feels like they're taking meds, and it is a legitimate concern in the situation you were saying earlier, but Whether we know it's a legitimate concern or not, sometimes a person will take a medication and they recognize that it does work. And they do recognize the difference. And with that, again, is where are they in their own acceptance of it? And if Mm -hmm. they're stuck in a place where the labels are not accepted even by them, it creates more of the shame.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and guilt and feelings of inadequacy and ineptness. So even though this medicine works, then it becomes mm-hmm. also <clears throat> I feel better because it does work. And um, when I get to a place where I feel better and it's been working for some long, maybe even so many years, that I say, okay, I got this. I got this now. And I choose to get off because I think I can manage it. Because I, you know, I think I can manage it, but um, I don't think, because I don't think I need the medication, I think maybe I'm in a place where I can transfer over into my lifestyle changes. And then um, unbeknownst to me, the cycle will trip again because I will fall back into an episode where maybe that's where then my biochemical and balance of it makes it become that's why I have this um diagnosis. But I um and so then I wanted to go back I wanna say this right quick right now. You don't have to have a label on it. Let's just address the symptoms. Let's just address what's going on in your everyday life. You will know because you will see what it looks like. You will be able to hear what it looks like. You will know that. And then let's come and talk about, hey, this was going on in my life. And so we don't have to be so stuck on a label that we don't improve the quality of our everyday life. And so... I wanted to pivot back to what we were talking that first hour about with um, one of the symptoms in this place right now in COVID-19, as well Mm -hmm. as in just in general with what it looks like to the person experiencing symptoms of depression or anxiety. Um, One of those things is that redundant conversation. And that redundant conversation like you were, we were talking earlier, we'll have a conversation, they'll talk about it, then they'll call back and we're still talking about it mm-hmm. and,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. we're
2: still talking about it. Well, at the root of it, why do they do that? Because they're processing. It's that mm-hmm. important, it's that great to them that the, mm-hmm. they keep talking about it because they haven't completely processed through it. Why haven't they processed through it? Why? Because it could be so much. The pain could be so great.
0: Mm -hmm. It could just
2: be so continuously that they feel trapped and swamped. And then that becomes those unresolved issues. That's what's there, the pain, the unresolved issues. So, like, in this household with COVID-19, people living with people in the house. I told you how many times I don't like doing that, or I told you how many times to get this here, and so, well, every time I do this, you always say I'm this. So those, here we, now we're in the trap situation where we hear the mm-hmm. cycle of a redundant conversation. You wanna stop that? We'll talk about it. And <laughs> you're have to address the pain. We're crying out, not necessarily in tears, mm-hmm. but in, in pain and what I need. And your body will find a way to cry until it's healed. And so if it's through my redundant conversation or literal tears down my face, until I feel better, I'm going to be looping in a cycle. And feeling better looks like helping me process through it. So you want you don't want to hear this no okay. more, get to the next grit. Don't just listen to me. Start challenging me. If you're my go-to, and I'm always... You know, coming to you and you hear that stuff, I might not want to hear what you have to say, but that's when you have to help support me by giving me some brutally honest conversation. You know, and that's a a sweet phrase in our household and my life growing up. My mama going to give it to you. And it might hurt, (laughs) but it's the truth. And that's what you need. If I if I'm in your life and I love you, you best believe I'm gonna tell you the ugly and the funky about you. You think I'm gonna go Mm -hmm. let you out there in public? (laughs) That's not my role. My my role is to cover, protect, to help grow. You know, and whether we're blood family or just related, friend, connected, or just my human family. What? So I know for me as a therapist, I love, love, love working. My job is to serve. And I got to keep my balance on that so I'm not used up too much. And there is that part that I do manage. But if if you have the opportunity to be in around somebody that you know if they enhance their life in any type of way, not your way, but if they made some tweaks that they would find their rhythm and like their life and enjoy life better, why are you going to not tell them <laughs> with the English language there? But why wouldn't you say something?
0: Right. Why, how can
2: you know a person is dealing with depression for years or their anger is an issue for years and and not keep saying, Hey, I know you don't like it when I'm this broken record, but you you know, that's your anger showing. You know, hey, your anger is showing like
1: what you're saying, I, I had to learn very much so, and it was beautiful to learn because it definitely gave me and I'm I'm some I'm an empathetic person anyways, uh or whatever, but to learn how to help someone going through that was it, it it gave me even more patience I, I i i love children so i have a decent level of patience uh but it, it can be, being very honest it can be very hard when the it is close to home and it's and it's a daily situation because managing especially if there's you know certain levels of of this situation, you, you know, anxiety or depression to the degree that it becomes a daily thing to manage, and it, and it is that. Yeah. And, and again, it can weigh on you, even though you love this person, and you can start feeling like I'm I'm tired of this. But it made me, yes Not do that and do exactly what you said. You, you maybe have to listen to it three times before you offer that pushback. You know, at a point where you feel like okay, they're ready to at least deal with some of your pushback, you know what I mean? And so so it, it became Whereas right. maybe between you and I, Dr. Pittman, you know, we can talk like that off top. You and I can, you know, if I come to you with something, and, you know, you, you, you we do that right now for each other, even our friendship, that we can just keep it mm-hmm. real day one. Whereas in this situation where I, someone I know has been diagnosed or going with it, our, our empathy can be such that we don't push back or challenge. So I think that was an amazing point. Uh, for you uh, to share that mm-hmm. we're actually uh, we've got about a minute and a half before break. I think you were going to say something. So um, yeah, go ahead, um, Doctor. What were you going to say?
2: Yeah, the um, part about us um, uh, speaking back to them is important, and then the part about that person doing it in a in a respectful, gentle way is critical to how they can receive it. If I'm going to support you there's steps to that, but there is respite that's needed. When you're dealing with a concern or a diagnosis that is a lifelong diagnosis, um, to, to manage wellness for everybody. Mental wellness is a necessity. It's a daily routine and we don't think about it like that. Mental mm-hmm. wellness for most of us we treat as a partially on the plate, but it is the main thing that keeps our life in balance. And when yep. we, um, we, so we need to learn even when dealing with that person with those intense symptoms of whatever it is that we need to take breaks. So they need to be respite. So we can get away and detach and come back to be able to fully engage. And, and some of our friends and supporters don't have that much time and energy. They're solution focused. they want you to do this, get in and get there. And there's a place mm-hmm. for them too and they come in with that directness look, it's this. And you know, I know you don't wanna hear it right now, but just sit it on a shelf in your mind and think about it. It's this again, this is what this looks like. And I'm here Mm -hmm. for you, so let's think about a solution. And so they'll push them forward into a solution that way. So some may be the listening ear, some they may need to go to, to kick them into the second gear. But that type of support is what um, That's what it looks like But everybody dealing with the mental Everybody deals with everybody Whether we know the person On the street has a mental illness or not We're still dealing with their personality They make they make up tight So some of it is just social skills And social mm. awareness And learning how to interact And have relationship with people And then it's about not, um it's about the balance of when you're dealing with someone with the diagnosis, how everybody needs to be able to have space and respite. Respite is an escape, or, or a rescue center, if you will. Short-term respite. No, it makes sense. Get away from it.
1: Yeah. No, it makes sense. We're actually up yeah. against the break. When I come back from the break, I would like to dig into. Again, we got a lot of callers out there. If you're trying to get in, you do have to press one. I hope y'all are hearing me. Again, if you're just enjoying the show, no problem. If you want to get in on this morning's discussion, you do need to press one. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Battle Law Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. No. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media you need web design call Big Sis Media you need audio or video production call Big Sis Media you need a branded strategy for your business call Big Sis Media damn they do everything don't they nope even better they're professionals whatever service you need they do a consultation send over a contract with a deadline and meet that deadline a true one stop shop for all your digital and media needs all at an affordable price what's their website and phone number BigSysMediaGroup.com 404 465 4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404 465
0: 4348.
1: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, this morning's discussion question, quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Special guest, Dr. Katrina Pittman. If you will, Queen, I wanted to dig into anxiety specifically uh, uh, from the standpoint of, again, thinking that it's not understood and knowing that as this pandemic got to where we're at now, there was a lot of anxiousness that was surrounding it. And so if you could... Get into some of the specifics of uh, when is my anxiousness not possibly turning into a level of anxiety to the degree that I say to myself, you know what? I, I heard that Dr. Pittman on the Mental Dialogue Show. I, I, I'm, I think I'm anxious to the point of I need to call her. What does what that What does that possibly look like, um, if you If you will?
2: Yeah, it's as simple as. Um, uh, reaching out, and that process, I say, is simple as literally picking up the phone. There's a lot that happens when we get into that place of saying, okay, I'm going to step outside of my solutions and seek someone else's professional help. That right there, the awareness of that sometimes put a person in a mindset to decide whether it's time or not, and when it becomes that time, they – The intent to make that call may be you researching someone that does um, fit your style of what you're thinking, that you can relate to, your type of therapy. And you don't have to know it in any specific words. It's not your job to. You just want to make a call. And um, so you, you just pick up the phone, you dial that number, or you go on that website and you send that email making a request for an appointment. And, yes, you can ask to have a 15-minute consultation with that person just to see if it's a good fit, if they can address your need. That way you don't feel like you're wasting your time. And then after that conversation, you can choose to make an appointment or tell the person, well, I'm looking around right now, and um, if if I choose you, I'll call you back. But once you call and you make that appointment, the rest is a piece of cake. You just come well, in. Let me let me jump in talk. right before
1: um, Dr. Pittman, if I will, and and then thank you for explaining even that part of it. What I'm trying to understand, because I don't know that I understand it completely. Um, I don't understand the even the clinical what's happening with anxiety to the degree that there may be a diagnosis. As you say, everybody doesn't reach that stage, but I'm just talking about me even understanding that I'm having anxiety. I don't understand enough about it to know that I might need to make the call. So if you could maybe even explain the details of what does that feel like or seem like for someone who, who is experiencing anxiety, again, to the degree that they may need a therapist. What is What is anxiety, I guess, is the simplest way to ask that.
2: Right. So Anxiety is at, at best in my terms, excessive worry. It's overthinking, over analyzing, over processing certain things or topics that you are focused on to a level of it is beginning to dominate your lifestyle. And by lifestyle I mean your everyday living routine. You're you're so anxious it may keep you in bed. Now it's, you know, impacted your morning routine. Or you so anxious that you can't go and take care of tasks? Now it may be impacting your work routine. You can't, you're so anxious and stressed out, you didn't go get groceries and so you can't cook dinner. Now it's impacting the home lifestyle. And so when it becomes something that is even causing something physical to you, like um, a panic attack. So sometimes we can have an instant situation of something shocks us too bad, we get anxious, and um, we begin to have shortness of breath or tightness in our chest we may feel, or we may feel lightheaded, our heart palpitates faster. Those may be symptoms of a panic attack or an anxiety attack. And sometimes it comes into, I've been thinking about something for three or four days now, and the deadline is coming up, and so the closer it gets, I've been thinking about it for three or four days, and now it's the day of. I am already elevated to a point of anxiousness there that I trigger my body biochemically into a response of a panic attack, Mm. shortness of breath, can't breathe, can't think, Clearly, Um, one sign of anxiety, well, um, um, the root, I would say, of anxiety may be a fear. Fear Mm -hmm. is the root of anxiety because you are thinking or challenged with something that you have not found a solution to. And you... Mm-hmm. are trying to manage that thing and the things that you may be trying are not working. And because that does not work, it is becoming to feel hopeless. We begin to worry. We begin to stress to find more solutions and more options. And that keeps us fixated on our lack instead of what we do have. And so all of that, again, changes our biochemistry. And then we start living in this state of anxiousness and stress and the rest. Mm. And some of the stress is good, but it, it becomes to where it is ineffective and debilitating and paralyzing.
1: Um, no, it makes again, sense. They, so like what, yeah, so for, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just so, going to
2: ask, um,
1: Go ahead, please. Yeah, I want to. And one of one of the steps. So, for example, as we again, as we're experiencing this social distancing and hoping to get out of the house, and and then when I say getting out of the house, you know, for the most part, you definitely should be going outside exercising. What I'm just talking about is we hopefully return to some level of normalcy, uh, if you will. But for right now, as you said, you've had double the, the requests for people to see you right now. So what type of techniques for anxiety specifically are you suggesting to some people who may be experiencing, again, not to the level of a biochemical change, but enough to get help with a therapist? So what type of things would you suggest to somebody who hasn't had an opportunity to see see someone like yourself? What what do you suggest to people as they're experiencing this level of anxiousness, if you will? Yeah,
2: so one, recognize what's going on. Sometimes we stay in this level of denial and not really dealing with the issue. We just keep pushing it to the back of our head. We keep avoiding the thing that is concerning us. So one, engage in what is the actual target issue that's stressing you out. You really can't pinpoint it. And if you don't know how, maybe the first step is, Okay, when you feel that way, sit back and think for a moment, okay, why am I feeling this way? What have I been thinking about lately? That's your cue. Go to what have I been thinking about lately? And it may be because we ain't got no money coming in, we don't qualify for all of these supplements and benefits, and now there's a lift, and... You know, I'm stuck in this house and I'm dealing with somebody who's like this and all of this going on and this. Okay, so all of that may, well, how does that stuff make me feel? It made me feel irritated, mad, and negative. And that body chemistry, those emotions, those thoughts, those feelings release that hormone. So then my physical body responds to that. So mentally and physically, I am showing a symptom of what anxiety looks like. That excessive worry can be a part of it. The ruminating thoughts, that that talking, it impacts our sleep. Um, It impacts our ability to think clearly. So then we start making mistakes on things. It impacts our motivation. So maybe we're not. Motivated. We know we got a thousand tasks to do around the house
0: mm-hmm. and we
2: may not think that's what anxiety looks like, but yeah, we are, we are so stressed to a point of paralysis and sometimes mm. the anxiety may look like um, just extra energy. So some of the remedies you can go to and when you're at home is go outside and go outside on the porch. Open the door, stand right there in the doorway, look,
0: mm-hmm. look
2: up. There is something about actually going outside into nature and looking up. Or even if you are inside because you can't get outside, go to the window and look up. It is something about especially the Especially nice us, especially us
1: melanated people who need the sign, especially us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go
2: ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But it is something about looking up into that mass sky space that is a, a way of connecting to the moment, clearing your mind. Mm-hmm. It's an instant mental shift of clearing your mind. Another remedy is um change again, do that physical exercise thing if you're feeling anxious. You can do that right there in the house or go outside and do that. Take those deep breaths outside for a minute. Sun on skin contact, like you were saying, is the best. It's D3, vitamin D3. It's naturally coming from the sun. We know it as when we say it helps our immune system, but the part that it really helps regulate is our mood. D3 mm. is a supplement that I'm sure some people have in their household, or you can go today and get and try increasing the amount of D3. So if whatever is on the, you may have a deficiency, and that contributes to feeling anxious and stressed our mm. body chemistry. So just going outside, rolling, going outside, rolling up your sun, rolling up your sleeves to feel the sun, as in many places you can get for 10 minutes, will give us D3, and that will shift our mood and our affect. Wow. Shifting into the present moment. So it may mean I don't have to go outside to do that. I just want to sit still in a quiet space and um, meditate or just turn off everything and just sit And, and sit for 10 minutes to recalibrate myself when I'm feeling anxious Maybe I need to call somebody and talk to them maybe If nobody's available Maybe I need to journal Dancing, movement So turn on that music If you You don't have to Be happy to get Yourself there It's the process So turn mm. to happy music You know there's a lot Going on in the unseen world and music and binaural beats and rhythms, the vibration of that recalibrates us. So turning on happy music, turning on calm, relaxing music when we're anxious, it recalibrates us. It helps that way, you know, and um, definitely, go ahead.
1: No, we're up against the break. I love it. I love it. Uh, When we come back, I want to get into, Again, uh, we can't leave this out. We can't leave out the aspects of because we've had you on the show for this before, but the aspects of social media and how it affects a lot of this, and actually adds and 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 makes things, in my opinion, oh, worse. Yeah. We've had you on the show, so we definitely want to talk about that coming out of break. Listening to the Mr. Donald Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey,
4: where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
1: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
4: I like those. What's their IG?
1: At moneymotivation.co.
4: But do they have any ladies gear? Yes,
1: you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Me. I like money, like money, like money. Again, money dot com highly recommend you go to the site to see the amazing clothing line. Again, we've also highlighting the money motivation podcast also offered on the mental dialogue platform. Go to Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher dot com, uh anywhere that you can find these streaming uh, podcasts and go back and listen to last Tuesday's Money Motivation Episode Three as you hear millionaire talk and and how they think and how we can there's all, all kind of games you can get from from listening to the Money Motivation Podcast. Like I can highlight that. This more discussion question quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Our special guest is Doctor Katrina Pittman. And speaking of anxious thoughts having you, in a sense, in paralysis, and you know you need to be doing something. I feel like I've at least experienced this and might have should have called you myself, uh, Dr. Pittman, but as this thing took place and got me out of my daily routine, it was quite difficult, to be honest, in the first couple of weeks of establishing a a newer routine, being in the house as much, and so I did find myself making to do lists and, and 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 not completing it i'm so- i'm now doing i am now completing them uh, i have an accountability partner, so that helps uh but prior to that, I was you know not in paralysis if you will, but the other thing that did not help Dr Fitman, was being on social media. And everybody demanding, use this time to come out of it better. And even I suggested that to to people that are part of the community club. Like I I even once suggested, take this time to go in your cocoon and come out of this thing as a butterfly. So even in my suggestion, I was really talking to myself as well. So I, I spent a couple of weeks. But, uh, but in looking on social media, it felt worse. It felt worse because I was watching these people who seemed like they were taking full advantage of it. And I don't, I don't think I gave that false appearance or anything to that degree. And I'm saying for myself, I mean, some people probably were really taking advantage of it, but you felt, I felt less than. I definitely experienced that. And, again, social media can do that anyway, and it's probably heightened. During this time, have you, has anybody that you've even been seeing mentioned any aspects of how social media is affecting them, or can you just speak about that in general in reference to anxiety and depression?
2: Oh, yes, I can speak on, <clears throat> excuse me, that. I think this, like speaking specifically to what you said, it is that sometimes you can look out on social media, read all these articles of how to seize the moment, make the best. I've given tips as well out there. And it can make us, because we are still hyper social media addicted, look out and compare. And so we'll see people posting, well, this is what I'm doing, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm paralyzed over here. I'm stuck, or I'm just, I ain't motivated to do nothing. I am resting, I am shifting. This is how I'm shifting. So again, it's that. Um, that uh danger zone of comparing ourselves to other with what we feel we should be doing for some of us this is a time for us to hibernate go in you've been out there resting this is your season to rest for some this is to recalibrate reshift the design create for some this is N- nothing nothing because 'cause they're still working, and they're still going on doing their things and so if we get locked into again another level of this addiction in our social media, this fear of missing out this comparison to show how much I'm doing and what I'm accountable for um we we get in that place of um disappointment with ourselves, like man. And then that becomes a level that creates this anxiety. Oh, no, now the pressure's on. You know, my phrase is, don't leave empty handed in this season. But I say that, and I still stand on that, even with me, because it's a working thing in progress. The goals I had of what I would do during this shutdown season the first week were different the second week, were different the third week. We're different this fourth week
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: It's just shifting, and so we have to be gentle with ourselves and and know that it's a breathing document so pulling away from social media in that sense um when we look out there and see what people are doing and on the flip side of that it's just the quantity of what's out there can have our heads all tossed up. with Okay, well, maybe I should be getting the house organized. Okay, maybe I should be working on the business or maybe I should be making on, you know, rearranging you know, the feng shui aspect to the the finances, (laughs) whatever. We're just so locked in and that creates that level of anxiousness again in us. And then we get paralyzed but we don't know what to do. And so, you know, we have to ground ourselves, create a real obtainable thing. Maybe the goal is just to create a plan, and maybe that's all you get to do this COVID nineteen season. <laughs> it's it's finally make the plan on paper mm-hmm. with deadline dates. Period.
1: And well, that's work that so plan to achieve it. No, that 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 would be an amazing accomplishment in itself for 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 a lot of us. And I love the fact that you're highlighting that. And I just want to jump on it to say, because if before this time, a lot of again we look at this as having some for some people extra time based on how our lifestyles have had to change. Well, if your time prior to this never allowed you just to make the plan, then like you said, if you come out of this with a plan that you are now going to follow going forward then that's an accomplishment to be proud of. And as you say, not on social media, comparing yourself to others. And I I think we would be remiss from the time that I did have you on the show talking specifically, to about social media, which has been, I think, a couple years ago now. I I always love to Mm -hmm. highlight uh, the effects of social media when it comes to, in a sense, our mental health. And I want to just kind of highlight this and have you speak on it before, before we get to our last segment is, People are, in a sense, not aware, which obviously as a therapist, yeah, you know, obviously have to stay abreast, but people in a general are not aware that these screens and access to social media has changed, in general, the human brain, specifically in countries where that access is easy. And, and a lot of people are not aware of it. So as a society, uh, we, we understand that it's happening. We see it happening, but we, we, we just are not aware that the studies are out there that, that are very much aware of the fact that, in general, our attention spans are, are getting shorter due to access to these screens. And we talked about last time how teenagers are experiencing way more anxiety and depression having grown up with social media pretty much from a young age, and and in a sense, as a society, we wasn't fully aware of what that much access to screens would would later have on our youth and now our millennials who've grown up with this stuff. So there's real detrimental aspects that parents need to be aware of. So even during this time, if it is, I will throw this out and see what you think about this, Dr. Pittman. But even during this time, if part of your quarantine time, in addition to your schooling, is to let the child children play on those screens to kind of, in a sense, how TV kind of raised my hip hop generation, if you let these screens raise them, it is a huge detriment. Any thoughts on that, Dr. Pittman?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of thoughts on that. So keep me grounded as we go through this because that's awesome. First, let's talk about what this screen does to us. So in so many ways, we are shifting to the new world order and the way we connect through technology and social media and how it contributes to our anxiousness. And part of that is because of the quantity is information overload and then it's also about um, the screen itself how that rewires the brain how the fastness of it changing from window to window that's the whole technology to get this processing faster all that rewires our brain not even to mention the content of what we see and so um, what I'm noticing when content in general, uh, a, a sidebar news is to be checked, not watched. That's creating too much anxiousness mm. in some of you.
0: Mm. Stop it.
2: Check it, and that's it. You don't have to keep it on the channel. You don't. You don't. It's, mm. you, just, you don't. That's not healthy to you. But getting back on topic with these kids and this teen access, and we were talking about the new um, this. Screen time—it's an addictive. It creates an addictive um, habit in our brain. The way we are wired, it is a trigger for pleasure. So then, anything from just the lighting up of your screen, and you're not even looking at it, raises your attention as an alert. So the addiction okay. of it, and then we talk about these kids. You're doing online learning, and then if they do their work, if they did all their work and everything else you ask them to do, what else are we going to do with the rest of them 24 hours we're doing in that day with that kid? Some of it is going to mm-hmm. be sleep, but the 17 awake hours, it has now become mostly springtime, even 10 hours. You know, I had to really sit and look at my own household transparency one day my kids, I know, I had ten hours of screen time. Why? How do I know that? Because, mm. and I would say eleven and a half to twelve. How do I know that? Because I was working the same time they was working in school. And that took up two, two two-and-a-half hours of screen time. Mm -hmm. And then I continued to work while they had nothing to do. But I needed them to be quiet so mommy could work. And they was on that screen, be it the TV, the tablet, the phone, all digital. Rewiring our brain. And then what we're watching, that content, stimulating it, stimulating it for more and more. It's creating addictive tendencies in us. That's why, you know, decades ago, the um, American Pediatric Society said no one under three years old should watch any type of TV. It wasn't that big with screens. It went out yet, but that, that's mm-hmm. included. Why? Because it mm-hmm. rewires our brain on so many levels. And then when you'll know it, you'll know the addiction is there when you take that screen time away. What do they do? Every household listening, if you have kids and you have restricted that screen time, an immediate emotional temper tantrum Mm -hmm. to the point of anger, acting out, crying, attitude, all shapes and forms. Why? Because they are addicted. And so many, I want to reiterate that.
1: Because right, we're up against break, and then we could we continue talking about it after the break. But I want to reiterate thank you so much for that, Dr. Pittman. You said, for anybody out there listening, I want to reiterate that that anger burst is your child being addicted. I want to use that word intentionally because it is absolutely, uh, again, growing up in the hip hop generation, I definitely. Remember hearing, as you said, back to the TV thing, don't raise your child on TV. And and, and, and my generation was old enough to be proud of all the time we spent outside and didn't, couldn't come in and play, right? We, we You know, we knew that once we went out, once we came back in, we had to stay in so we would stay out all day and play. And so we love to be proud of that. And forget that with this generation allow them to have access to like as you said much more than t v but screens all day and Thank you for that transparency because i I definitely get how easy it is to do that, so we have to be intentional and taking those screens away or as you said at certain ages not even allowing it. And I've known some people who don't allow it really whatsoever and it's actually a benefit to their children. I've seen it firsthand. We're up against the break listen to the Mr Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think Our mission at Mental Dialogue is to create a nationwide virtual neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through solution-focused fellowships via meetups, podcasts, and social media. If you want to assist us with this mission and keep Intelligent Radio on the air, please go to mentaldialogue.com. We do need your support. We know that mass media doesn't favor our community, and so if this podcast and radio show, you see it as something that's important, please support it. Uh, We need your support, so go to mentaldialog.com and become a supporter. $5 a month, can't beat it. Keeps us on the air. If you have a product or service you want to get out, definitely advertise with us as well. This morning's discussion question, quarantine, what don't we understand about anxiety and depression? Special guest Dr. Katrina Pittman, as we just again talked about, in a sense these the social media stuff and, and the aspect of parents limiting it, because at the it for the big scheme of things and in context of this morning's discussion question, that not only is it a, these addicting factors, but what's resulting from the addiction is. Higher anxiety, higher depression in our society is definitely happening for our youth, but us as adults as well. But it's, mm-hmm. it becomes alarming. It becomes alarming when it starts happening at a younger age for the youth. So how long would they contend with these things of, of these anxiety and depression if it happens way sooner than it was happening for us? And so to think somebody being in a sense clinically diagnosed with depression, which you know, to a certain extent, like you said in the beginning, you you can help people as a therapist how to deal with it, but if it gets to the clinical diagnosis, it's something you will live with for the rest of your life. So very, very important that we understand how this new era, during this quarantine time, you may have a tendency to get on social media too much. is something we have to discuss. Go ahead, Dr. Pizzle. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I want to clarify. No, I'm not saying that if it gets to where it's a chemical balance and a clinical diagnosis, that anxiety and depression are diagnoses that you will have for your lifetime. Not always. And I just want to make that caveat because somebody might hear mm-hmm. that and then, you know, be fixed that they cannot er- er- eradicate that. Mm-hmm. And you can, but it's with those lifestyle changes. I'm sorry. Not
1: fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and I and I may not have been as clear as I was trying to be. I was just saying that unfortunately, I know there that some people can experience it that to to that degree. And I was my biggest my big concern was the fact that our youth are experiencing this more, and it, it it alarms me that if they're experiencing it more, what would it mean for them as adults? You know what I mean? As as for example, as we mm-hmm. start to recognize the fact that you know in the African American community specifically, for example, that Black men suicide is on the rise. These are things that we don't like to talk about. You know what I mean. And so I'm just saying that if our youth are now experiencing all because of an apparatus in their hand, if they're starting to experience anxiety and depression sooner, where we see things like that continue to to rise. As again, as we unfortunately are starting to see. Again, for example, black men, suicide on the rise. And and we know for adult men, you can tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know a big part of that for our community is still that stigma of not getting help. So it's probably on the rise because we won't come see someone like yourself. Um, But you can definitely, if you will, speak to that. For y'all that are on the line, a lot of people are clearly there enjoying it because we still got a lot of callers out there that, uh, just listening, but if any of you wanted to get in, you still have a few minutes to get in with Dr. Pittman. You have to press one to get a question or just make a statement on this morning's discussion. But go ahead, uh, Dr. Pittman. Any you know any concerns about seeing these things rise in our community because we still, in a sense, refuse to get help? Go ahead, Queen.
2: Yeah, I, my concern is that it's destroying our community as far as relationships. So if if I'm not addressing my issues as an individual, I cannot have healthy relationships where there's a balance and growth and harmony with another individual. So that impacts my household. And if I don't have a healthy family unit, my healthy family unit cannot help and support my community. And so then as a whole, our community, we're we're, we're not dealing with our issues. There's so much pain and trauma. It doesn't mean it's a death sentence. It means when you deal with it, it really will not be an issue anymore. The only reason why we're still struggling with some of these traumas that we're having is because we're not addressing the issue. And so it it impacts our community in so many ways where we're not able to have healthy relationships and violence. And even the ratio, yes, I have seen an increase in my caseload. And when I say 50%, I'm saying from the caseload that um, does not like tele and video therapy to the caseload that does like tele and video therapy, but we're underrepresented in that increase in my clientele. So I employ Mm. and and beg of you, please. It's messing up our relationships because we're not even healthy and whole to bring our full selves to the relationship with anybody else we interact. And again, if it's our maid or our family or in the community, We can't get on one accord. We can't thrive. We're stuck trying to manage our basic needs, survival, from some of this pain. Instead of dealing with it, there is so much more for us, but we are trapped by not wanting to deal with the pain. No, that's so critical. I I think it's a perfect. Go ahead. I'm. I think it's a perfect.
1: No, no, you're good. It's a well, it's a perfect segue in that we, again, thanks for coming back on the show, if you will, Dr. Pittman. But it's the perfect segue in the sense that um, with the Mental Dialogue Community Club and with the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, you and I have been talking intensively about the concept of Again, encouraging our people to get more help specifically in this area because, as you just said, it is detrimental on so many levels outside of the quarantine aspect of, of as you said, being a whole person to be able to deal with in a relationship. And foundationally for our community, I often say for all the things that we are saying we're desiring or need in our community, it's all for naught if we don't fix the basic relationship between, in a sense, I'll say the black men and the black women. So so with that said, we've been in talks, and we want to continue and assist people to get more help. So I think it's the perfect opportunity for us to mention the fact that we are going to start hopefully a couple times a month. It may may be more as it grows, but we're going to offer uh, telephone group therapy uh, uh, right here on this platform. And so Again, to take it further, today was getting into, you know, in a sense, how to assist others, how to recognize whether you actually have uh, these symptoms for anxiety or depression or some other mental health issue that you need to get taken care of. That's what this discussion was. But for somebody who maybe have heard enough to say, you know what, I need to get help, or, or maybe cost is a concern. That's always a fear within our community. I've had you come to our events and talk to people of what it looks like. A lot of times people are unaware that if, you know, if they they do have a job with benefits, they're unaware that that those same things they would use for a, a physical illness and use a copay, that those copays often can exist. Within mental health, so a lot of times people are unaware of that. But anyway, what you what you and I want to offer for those listening, and please get the word out. Uh, next Wednesday night, we're gonna do our first private. You're able to call in anonymously, and Dr. Pittnell will be leading our first group therapy session via the phone. And it's literally ten dollars. Can't beat it. It's Ten dollars a person. You literally just cat if you have the cash app. That's the, that's how we're promoting it. I can make some other forms available for if somebody doesn't have Cash App. But dollar sign mental dialogue, $10 to dollar sign mental dialogue. We're going to put up the promotions on the Facebook page, on the Instagram page, mental underscore dialogue. You can call me directly for access to the group therapy. So if you're following us on social media, you're going to see this promoted for the next all the way to Wednesday night, 8 p.m., group therapy with Dr. Katrina Pittman to at least get more specific about issues you may want to discuss anonymously. You literally don't have to say your name. You'll be identified by a number. Dr. Pittman will be running the group therapy for us, and maybe some of you can delve into some of the things that you're experiencing. So if you will, Dr. Pittman, I appreciate you so much for, you know, being a part of that initiative because, again, this is – you know, we're mental dialogues. We want to bring aspects of mental health to our community, and it it's so needed. Again, we can't move forward without it. And so I, not only do I appreciate you, you know, being a part of that initiative, but if you could briefly, we only got a few minutes left before the end, but if you could just briefly even just give people an idea of what group therapy via the phone might look like uh, and, and why they might want to call, if you could speak to that, uh, please do so right now
2: absolutely and i'm so excited about that and what it looks like is you calling in again just the name of your area code and the last four will be said and it's totally anonymous we get to talk about whatever's on your mind what's going on and that would just be a dialogue you don't have to feel like you have to share your innermost deep personal things but if you want it's still anonymous i will let you know that if it's something that you want to talk about and i feel that we can go further that we might put you on hold and get your information and set you up with some resources or provide some connections for you later but calling in as simple as dialing in listening to the conversation you could be an active participant by raising your hand in the audience and speaking up on something, asking something, or you can still get just as much by just coming in listening. So many times listeners call in and they don't have anything that they would want to speak on and say, but they're definitely gaining information and learning and applying the things that are out there. So come check it out. You don't really have anything to lose. I know that money is tight, but $10, you didn't have to put that in the gas tank, or you didn't get that Coke or that soda that, or that meal that you wanted through drive through. You ever got some change around to give this a try? You won't leave empty-handed, so it's worth a try. Please come out.
1: No, nah, thank you very much. Again, that's April twenty Wednesday night, April twenty ninth, eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please follow us on social media to get see the flyer. I'm gonna put it up literally after the show. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to announce it until we had this show. Again, thank you, Doctor Pittman, for making yourself available. You've always even come to me in our interactions saying I want to make therapy available to more in our community, and because you understand cost is an issue sometimes, you want it to come in a way that would make it cost. The cost not be prohibitive, if you will. So, uh, with that said, thank you so much. If you want to give out information for somebody who does want to go ahead and c- contact you directly and, and, and maybe set something up, please give out that information uh, as well.
2: Definitely. You can reach me by email at info at Dr. K That's drkpittman.com. That's my email address. My business page is a paradigm shift LLC, and you can also reach me by phone to schedule an appointment or via the um, email at 404 808 3419. And definitely, my website is drkpitman.com.
1: Now, I love it. If you will, text me that info, I'll put it up on the replays again. Wednesday night, Mental Dialogue presents Group Therapy with Dr. Katrina Pittman, 8 p.m., Wednesday, April the 29th. Cash app $10 to Mental Dialogue, dollar sign, Mental Dialogue. Put GP and the phone number in the subject when you send the Cash App because you will be sent a number to call in to the private session next Wednesday night. Thank you so much, Dr. Pitney. You've been wonderful. Thank you for helping us move forward with this initiative. We'll see you all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. That's-